We are in week two of Let's Talk Basics. If you have not received a copy of the notes book as well as daily devotional, would you raise your hand? I actually have a copy that I can get it to you. So keep your hands high, and these guys will be uh, delivering them to you. Those of you who already have your books, if you want to open those up, we invite you to turn with us to page uh, really 11 and 12. 11 and 12 is the place for you uh, to take notes, so I want to encourage you to do so. If you don't have a writing utensil, it would be a little simpler for you to pen a pen, but there's one I have set up here, but I don't have time to pen it. Uh, we are talking about matters of the heart. And I brought my cell phone up here so I can see the sun whenever I probably will not recognize it again. So, <laughs> uh, we normally have a text that we would be reading from immediately, but I want to do a quick recap. Uh, books are still coming. We'll ask if they'll be here. You can't relax your feet now. You don't have time to step in it. But uh, quick recap from week one in Let's Talk Basics. We talked about foundations, and so the foundations, we were reminded that the foundation, really the only foundation that we ought to be building upon, sure foundation that God himself, sure foundation that God himself, Isaiah 28, 16, reminds us, behold, I lay in Zion, sure foundation precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he who believes will not have to do so. Behold, we have this sure foundation that God established and so we can build our lives upon it. We looked at uh, being on the foundation, building on the foundation, and remaining, or beginning on the foundation, building on the foundation, and being on the foundation. So this week, we're looking at matters of the heart. So the title is Let's Talk Heart, or Let's Talk About Your Heart. Let's talk about my heart. And so we'll dive right in. Uh, by way of definition, when we think about the heart, uh, the description would be what the Scripture would point to as being the place where we literally desire, where we deliberate, and where we make decisions. That would be the core of our very being. So when we talk about heart, we're talking about the core of desire, deliberation, and decision-making process. That part, and it is, it really is our, uh, it really is our So, the Word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, in the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. You should love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Say that with me, all your heart. 
all my heart. And there's probably not a person in the room today that that would actually be descriptive of our desire. I want to love God with all my heart. However, and our sanctification is that process of becoming holy like God, we recognize that the Scriptures tell us about Saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is, 
with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands before they start their day, holding the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash their hands. There are many other things which they have received and hold, like washing cups and pitchers and copper vessels and couches. Then the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not wash according to the traditions of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed I mean, they're so meticulous about washing their hands and they buy pens and canteens and washing cups and washing pitchers and washing copper vessels up to and including even the couches that they sit on. So they're asking Jesus this boldly. He answered and said to them, verse 6, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. He said to them, all too well you reject the commandments of God, because you make room for your For Moses said, Honor your father and mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, If a man says to his father or mother, Whatever profit you may have received from me is forbidden, that is, a gift to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father but curse him, making the word of God of no effect his tradition which he commanded men on many things and is ashamed to do. So we read a little bit further. What does it explain to us? Nothing. You see, the traditions were from early on when the law was given that a man should take care of his parents or that men should men and women should take care of their mother and father. They should honor their mother and father when they are old and they cannot take care of themselves. Just as when we were young, our parents took care of us when we could not take care of ourselves. Does that make sense? And so when they're old and unable to provide for themselves, it is the responsibility of the children to take care of their parents. That's honoring father and mother. But what they were doing traditionally is they they would say, well, whatever profit my parents would have received from me, I'm offering it as a gift to God. Therefore, I no longer have the responsibility to pay for and take care of my parents. You, you see where the hypocrisy there, they could say, well, it would have only cost me, you know, let's use round numbers, $1,000 to take care of my parents for the next 10 years, and they probably only had 10 years, so I'm going to offer $1,000 and give it to the Lord. Now I have no responsibility. And so if they get sick, or have to go to the hospital for some reason, or whatever may happen, their child dies and they can't eat the food, I still 
$5,000. I gave it to Jimmy Scott, so I don't have to no matter what the popular vote. And so Jesus says, you you nullify the word of God, honor your father and mother, by the tradition of men in offering up this offering, if you will, as Corbin. That's not the only time you do that. You do that in many ways. And you may not explicitly say, when you have called the multitude to yourself, just tell me about it. There is something that enters our salvation process that is going to come out of
surely this is the anointed of the Lord. It's like he was looking at the external features, the stature, the handsomeness, the way he carried himself. And God says to him in a kind of significant word, he says, but the Lord said to me, the Lord your God has seen everything. Come live with me and I'll deal with you. And this was the condition that sons of Jesse come out and God says no, 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 no. Do you have any complaints? Yes. David said he's out tending the sheep Trepidatious news. Because we were already told that it's the heart condition that we struggle with. Our sins are separated from us, from us, from our God. The heart is kind of wild and very vigilant. Matthew chapter 12. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. The heart of man needs to be changed. Ezekiel reminds us of that. A heart of stone needs to be replaced. A heart of flesh needs to live flesh. just like standing in your garage does not make you a car.
have to do each person to be redeemed. We must be born again. We must be born again. And he goes on to say, both born of the flesh and of the spirit to see the kingdom of God. You must be born of the spirit to receive the kingdom of God. When we exercise faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, there's a transaction that happens in a supernatural way. Our sin is forgiven. We are cleansed of all unrighteousness. And God deposits in us the Spirit. God the Spirit takes up residence and we become His messenger. Here Peter says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed, through the Word of God. That's that foundation, the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. It's not of corruption. It's of incorruptible seed. Paul says in his letters to the church in Ephesus, he says, by grace you have been saved through faith. It's the grace of God, and our response is through faith. We receive the grace of God. a citizen. And I would say for the for the most part in this room, it's, it's maybe not in totality. Perhaps everyone here is saved. That would be amazing. That might also be, also be a statistical anomaly. The cohort of Christians, representative of the elders of the church, have urged you again, with some of this cautiously because it's not my desire in any way, shape, or form that you would wonder if you're saved or not because everyone can with confidence know that you are saved. That's true of Christians. 1 John tells us in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 3, these things were written that you may Today, today can be the day of decision. I want to know. Establish and watch as we look at this second theme, this second point today. The first was, again, being, if you will, or becoming a kingdom citizen. The next is becoming kingdom consecrated, if you will. So receiving not only that transplant, but now I need the transplant. 
transforming work of God in my life, and it's hard, that transformation. And this is where we can begin to know, because we're no longer living like we once lived. Listen, if you take, if you stay today within Jesus, but there's been no transformation in your life, you continue to live the way you did before you had faith, you are not where God intends for you to be. Are you with me? That's not, that ought not be
Luke chapter 6. A good man, again, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. Out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then he goes on to say, and he asks this question, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? This is where the rubber meets the road for every one of us here. Why do you say you're Lord, Lord? Why do you say you call me that? Jesus is going to clarify. He says, your lips are near me. He's quoting Isaiah. Your lips are near me, but your hearts are far from me. Why do you say, Lord, Lord, or things like, oh, I love the Lord Jesus. John 14, verse 50. If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, obey. Again in verse 21, he says, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. The one who loves me has my commandments and he keeps them. Verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word.
writes about this through the inspiration of God's Spirit to the church in Rome. Romans chapter 7. Please give time to read this with me. He asks the question, then I want to do good, I don't. The very thing I don't want to do, I do. And the very thing I want to do, I don't do. Who will save me from this Therefore, we do not lose heart. How many of you know that if it, the story ends there, we could really lose heart? <laughs> How can I do this? How can I do this? Even though our outward man is decaying, yet we inward Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, beseech you, ah, so to speak, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you offer your lives as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service.
used this example on many occasions, not just to teach the Bible, this is a good example, because it gets to the root of it, but it's not just about saving souls. A five-gallon bucket plus a lid. It's empty by the time. Nevertheless, I walked out 40, 45 pounds. Now, I will say, uh, when I run right now, not carrying that 45 pounds like I did four months ago, if I were to go into the weight room and strap a 45-pound weight on my back, I would become very aware of that and maybe do some movement change. Imagine if you had five gallons of water that's got motion in it, and you had to put it on your head and carry it. pacers on your phone, and you know how many steps that you take in a day, and wow, I walked, you know, 18 miles this afternoon, and then this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Imagine if you had five gallons of water on your head that entire time, every day. You get sick and tired of it. It's like a burden. 
Start by thinking of those things. You know, right now, if you're listening to this music, most, most of us here probably are not familiar with this song. Most of us are not. But if you were given $100 today and you were taught how to invest in stock markets, you know what you would probably start doing on a daily basis? You would start checking stocks to see how they do. How are they performing? Because your treasure would be there. And therefore, you would be rich. Okay? Did you know that if you put your treasure in stocks, your heart will be the wealthiest. You'll begin to be very interested in what's going on in the world. You begin to give some riches. You'll be interested in what's happening in Omaha. You will be. Close your eyes and maybe bow your heads for just a 
But if you were here today and you say, you know what, PD, I, I, I'm, I'm a person of humility, but I'm not ashamed. I'm just carrying a bucket around and just saying it, and I, I don't have to Thank you. 